Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Hey everyone, this will be a short and sweet podcast. I just wanted to get some information out. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host of Active Listening with T4 Tactics. Uh, over the weekend, a Liberty University football player uh, was had an interaction with Lynchburg Police Department and he decided to put it on his um, Twitter page. So there's a lot of talk about it. It's all over Facebook. Channel 13, of course, is trying to stir the pot the local news station. So I wanted to just put out, I'm not going to comment on if LPD did anything right or wrong. I'm not going to comment on this football player doing anything right or wrong, but there's a lot of University of Facebook attorneys uh, that are commenting on this. So I wanted to put some things out there straight about police work and how it, how it works. You do not need a search warrant. The police do not need a search warrant to go into somebody's home during a domestic violence investigation. They can walk right in. So there's exigent circumstances uh, for when you don't need a search warrant. It could be the destruction of evidence. It could be uh, to protect uh, personal injury from somebody from harm or death. So here's a case that I worked. This is just a, one, of the, one of the many cases I worked. And here's, here's what happened. And here's how this works. People get stuck on if law enforcement enters your house, it's illegal. It's a violation of my constitutional rights. They didn't get a search warrant. Here's an example. I go to a call one time of a barking dog. This dog is in the house and it's barking, barking. The neighbors, it's a mobile home uh, and it's not in a good area. So I go to there and I'm going to ask them just to quiet the dog down. I knock on the door, identify myself as a police officer. Uh, I'm in uniform at the time and they open the door and boom, I am hit in the face with an odor that I know from my training and experience is the cooking of methamphetamine. It's a meth lab. I didn't know that when I knocked on the door. Another reason why police don't know what they're getting ready to walk into. There's five people in the house. So at that time, I have a duty to enter and remove those people for their safety and security because if you if you don't know, the cooking of methamphetamine, uh, there's a point in there where it's exothermal, exothermal, which means that it heats itself, cools down, heats itself. There's a portion in that where it can become explosive. The fumes are also highly toxic which is probably why the dog was barking so i called for some more units we go in the house we don't need a search warrant we can search the house to find anywhere where people are hiding and get them out and there were people hiding under the bed they were uh, i found a girl hiding in the in the uh, shower so we get them out to safety and they're not going to destroy any evidence. The law says we can do that. That's by the Constitution. That's by policy and procedure. That's by state law. This was Daytona Beach. It was Florida. That's by state law. We're following all state law. We get them outside. We secure the property, seal the property off, and then investigators come out and get a search warrant to go back in and search the property for evidence. So it is not uncommon. It is not illegal. It is not a violation of constitutional rights or policy 
uh, for police officers to enter a home for the purpose of an investigation if it falls under certain circumstances. It is not. It is also not illegal to detain somebody in handcuffs during certain calls. There was a lot of times where I would place somebody in handcuffs during a domestic call where things are broken on the floor, there's a hole punched in the wall, and let's say, for instance, the male is the aggressor in a certain case. Um, I have placed a lot of people in handcuffs, and when I do that, I say, you're not under arrest. I'm detaining you and placing you in handcuffs for the purpose of my investigation and for your safety and my safety. Because that guy or girl is sometimes highly, highly agitated and upset. I've also put people in the back of the police car while I conduct my investigation. Whether it's handcuffed or not handcuffed, you can do that. I'm just always, we have to remember that police officers need to have communication skills. The average citizen, and this is why I'm doing this, this podcast right now, the average citizen does not know the law. They don't know that they can be put in handcuffs and then unhandcuffed and released from the scene like this this incident was. And again, I'm not going to get into what happened with that. I'm just talking in general. And I want to respect that LU football player and I want to respect uh, LPD. I wasn't there. I'm not going to con- comment on it. But they can be detained. But we have to make sure that the police are communicating uh, in all cases, you know, across the country. You're not under arrest, but I'm going to have you sit in the back of the police car while we conduct our investigation. Now, if I'm going to put you in the back of the police car, I'm going to search you for the purpose of weapons. I'm not going to reach down in your crotch and try to find a bag of weed. That's not important, but I am going to search you for any weapons before I put you in the back of my police car. So that's also a, a, a officer safety issue that the, that the law, law enforcement officers have is to search somebody for the purpose of weapons. And, and then that goes into the Constitution on are we searching for drugs, are we searching for weapons, for, for officer safety, for pat down. So there are a lot of dynamics to this particular case. Everybody's rumbled up about it. Everybody's getting fired up. Some people, I've been disappointed in some people because they're saying, you should file a lawsuit against LPD. Eh, well, again, I wasn't there. But from what I see um, on social media, the video that the football player put on there, from what the local news is saying, I don't see anything where uh, law enforcement violated any anybody's constitutional rights or policy. Again, wasn't there, and I don't know the truth of what's coming out. So we'll, we'll let it come out. But that's just uh, legal 101. I don't know if the University of Facebook law degree uh, actually covers that or if they just cover spewing nonsense, the legal way to spew nonsense. But uh, I hope you get some insight on that. And I hope if, you, if you've been involved in some of these conversations on Facebook, the reason why I'm saying this is there's no need to get everybody fired up and stirred up and things happen in the community because we don't know the law and we don't know the truth of this incident. So take your time, deep breaths, figure out what's going on before you react. Uh, hope this gave you some insight. Remember, uh, you can always follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast next week on uh, some services that victims uh, can be afforded in the attack or in the event they're involved directly in an active shooter attack. That's going to be an interesting podcast. So stay tuned, subscribe to this podcast. And if I can help you out, reach out to me on my website, T4 Tactics. It's a letter T, the number four, tactics.com. And uh, reduce injuries and save lives. That's our goal. Take care, everyone. Be safe. 
Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Hey, welcome to Active Listening. I'm your host, Marco Galbraith, and I'm going to try to keep this podcast at right at five minutes because I want you to share it with your boss or business owner or wherever you work, especially, especially if you work for a big corporation. As you know, I travel the country teaching active shooter response training, and I find that the bigger the corporation, the more pushback they have on protecting their employees against an active shooter or violent attack. With if this comes with the training and or just handling situations. We've talked about threat assessment teams and the need for threat assessment teams. So I'm going to tell you something that happened here locally. And I have to be very, very vague about it because there's an ongoing criminal case. And I want to respect everybody involved, including the business. So there is a local business here and they've got 1,300 locations throughout the southeastern United States. There's some employees that work there that have taken my class. They know what I do. So for the past month, and this is going back two weeks, for the past month prior to this, they've been telling me about an employee that's working there that management is aware of all this. Uh, he has speaking about, he's been speaking about suicidal tendencies. He has a very uh, tough home life. He has bragged about being pulled over by the police and in the trunk of the car was a plethora of firearms. He has been very specific about if he was going to be an active shooter, who he would shoot, why he would shoot them first, and exactly how he would carry out these threats. So there were some other things that he had said and done as well, very, very concerning with targeting certain people uh, of a, uh, a different race, <clears throat> different than him. There's been incidents where he's um, done things on the property where it could be related to a possible suicide attempt. Management knows all this. They sat on it for a month. They're not doing anything about it. They're going to work with him. If you've taken my active shooter response training class, everything I've said, plus a lot that I didn't say, there are five developmental stages of an active shooter. This kid was at four of the five developmental stages. All he had to do was go in and start shooting people. That's it. And again, management, HR, have completely turned their back on this threat. We know that there were issues with the Chesapeake Walmart <clears throat> incident, active shooter attack. They ignored some threats. There's been, uh, you know, when I talk about active shooter training, I talk about threat assessment team. The threat assessment team failed at this business that I'm talking about. And allegedly, supposedly what we're hearing from the Chesapeake Walmart, uh, their threat assessment team failed there as well. Management failed to act properly. So after hearing all this and telling them that they need to contact law enforcement yesterday, and that's exactly what I told them, they're way behind the ball, they need to con uh, contact law enforcement, they didn't do it. A couple weeks went by, they didn't do it. Well, I'm hearing more things from these employees, very concerning topics. 
I reached out to a contact of mine at the FBI. Uh, I passed on the information to that agent, and within three hours, they have contacted him, made a confession, and he's been arrested. The FBI. So that should tell you that if the and this the FBI in Lynchburg is extremely understaffed and extremely overwhelmed. But when they saw the need to jump on this immediately, what does that tell you about this management and HR of a business that has 1,300 locations throughout the U.S. Uh, Eastern Seaboard? They should have been on this, and that that person should have either been terminated, uh, arrested for the threats that he had been making, and or at least aggressively handled. There are a lot of things that we could do, at least get him some help. But to ignore it and say you're just going to work with him, let me tell you something, folks. You're just the manager is just going to work with him. He would be the first one that that manager would be the first one that would be shot during an active shooter attack. These active shooters have no loyalty. There is no loyalty at all. So what I've told you is just the tip of the iceberg for this. But there are other details to this um, that I don't want to mention because there is active criminal prosecution. There's probably going to be some lawsuits filed out of this. Uh, and so I want to be very vague about it. But there are other very critical details of this that pretty much set up the... Well, not pretty much. They did. They flat out did set up this location and a neighboring business for the perfect storm of an active shooter attack. Folks, we cannot glaze over a known recognized threat. Deal with it. Please let your administrators of your workplace, your bosses, your managers, uh, you better have a threat assessment team where you work, but let's not turn our backs on this. When we think that it won't happen here, or when we say that, bah, he's just talking, that is where we get bitten. And this one I'm telling you about, it just it blows my mind that somebody would hear so many details of this. And it could go back to lack of training, that this big corporation hasn't had the training, the knowledge. Sometimes the most dangerous person is a person that doesn't know what he or she doesn't know. So that's why training is important. But regardless of training, <clears throat> use some common sense. My goodness. Uh, please let your... your uh, Please share this. Let people know. This is how we reduce injuries and save lives. We handle people like this, whether it's through law enforcement or through it's through employee assistance program or counseling. But we definitely address something like this. We don't sit on it and say he's just talking. That's where we get bitten. We want to reduce injuries and save lives. Thanks for listening. Please share this.